Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. All right. Well, I'm Nate Roosh and today is a reverse episode and I'm guest hosting the Young Adults Today podcast where the guest interviews the hosts. That's right. A little bit about me. Now, my name is Nate Roosh. I'm a lead pastor of Emmanuel Christian Center in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I'm a former vice president at NCU, which is where I came across Josiah back in the day. And then Micah, at some point along the way, we became part mentors, friends, and I've been a big fan of what's happening with young adults today. So uh, I'm one of those people that you've interviewed before for a podcast. Now I get to ask you some questions, and I think our listeners are going to love it, too. Here we go. They're going to really, really love it. Would you be willing to take a few moments to share the mission and the vision of young adults today? Because I hear there's some really exciting news just around the corner. As of June 1st, 2023... Young Adults Today is a nonprofit ministry that turns one year old. So there's got to be a mission behind this big revelation. That's right. So we have a three-year-old, a two-year-old, children, and then a one-year-old ministry nonprofit baby. <laughs> so from a one, two, and three-year-old, that's what we're <laughs> What's next year? Oh, one year at a time. One, one day at a time. time. <laughs> Seriously, too. Thanks for doing this. Mm. This is your idea. Mm. And we're just taking you up on the opportunity, recording live from... Your church, Emmanuel Christian Center, we love this place. And yeah, I mean, the vision and mission of Young Adults Today, like mission, why do we exist? Psalm 145 verse 4 talks mm-hmm. about one generation is to tell the next of the mighty acts of God. Mm-hmm. That's it right there in a nutshell is in scripture. And we just love that verse. That's been an anthem for us of we want, I'm a millennial. Mm-hmm. Our daughters are the alpha generation. Mm-hmm primarily ministering to young adults in Gen Z, but we, they need to know the goodness of God and the planet to live. And that's just really our prayer. And so the vision is reaching young adults for Christ mm-hmm. and equipping leaders and churches to do the same. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So you guys have that as a mission and you've done a lot already. What's the strategy to build that vision? What do you feel like God's put together in your heart? Yeah, well, we realized a couple of things along the journey, just doing ministry as a church, as the Kayapana College campus, and not only from us and our heart and burden, but the burden and the hearts of other leaders. And essentially what they were saying is we don't have relationships, we don't have rallying points, and we don't have resources, and we need to reach the next generation. So they felt under-resourced in, in all those different areas. So they came to us, um, multiple people throughout the state and across the nation saying like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we're like, what are we doing? And so we felt that pressed on our heart. And that's where the burden, I think, elements of it began for young adults today was simply the need of others. Mm-hmm. So we, our strategy and our approach in that is equipping the people who are leading the young adults themselves through resources, rallying points, and relationships and providing those opportunities through um, events, through gatherings, through coaching communities, just however we can put hands and feet to what they're doing and just equip them along the way. And then the other side is the 18 to 30 year old themselves, the person who's trying to figure out, navigate, I'm not living with mom and dad anymore. I'm on a college campus. Who am I going to marry? How do I spend my money? How do I save money? Like all those different adulting questions that the 18 to 30 year old has and just coming alongside them and essentially do the same thing for them uh, with resources, rallying points, relationships, setting the table and inviting people in and along the journey. So Wow. And, our approach. <laughs> and I've been privy to some of the stories and some of the incredible expansion places you didn't anticipate mm-hmm. that God would take you yeah. to, to meet leaders around the country yep. that are making a significant difference and to hear the stories of young adults that Jesus is getting a hold of and they're becoming aware of things they didn't know existed. What are some of the miracle stories, maybe in the last year, that you guys could share that yeah. was just powerful? Yeah. Oh my gosh. First of all, I can't believe it's a year. That's how fast time goes. <laughs> it was about a year ago we drove up here and sat in this office yeah. and we were praying right. through this. And I went to the board. Yes. We started right laying here. it out, right? Yep. And I, I just think of like the first one that comes to my heart, and right, because it's reaching young adults for Christ, for being leaders to do the same. We've seen 54 responses to the gospel wow. since May, like mm-hmm. since launching. And, uh, 
for us, that's what it's all about. Each of those young adults would be people who have also then gotten connected to a local church, mm-hmm. plugged in maybe to a Chi Alpha or a campus ministry in the process. And I think of just a, a few weeks ago, we were at our leader conference here mm-hmm. in Minneapolis and saw between 40 and 60 churches represented either starting a young adult ministry or wanting to strengthen one. Mm-hmm. And you talk about hungry young leaders mm-hmm. who want to reach their generation and the ones to come. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a miracle. I think it's, we haven't asked to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We haven't asked to do anything. That's a miracle in the itself. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to see some of the doors that God's opened, um, I think of something you told us, don't chase opportunities, but chase the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's just been a filter for us and a heart check for us. But what else would you say miracles? Oh, there's so many miracles. Like even seeing people get like physically free of addictions, um, forgiving their parents from certain upbringings. So we saw that even last May of 2022 at our, you know, retreat at the weekend. And they were at the altars weeping because they're forgiving their parents, forgiving the decisions like their families had made before them. And they mm-hmm. wanted to see a change. I mean, one Gal was up there and she was a secret alcoholic, married for less than two or three years, mm. secret drinking. And she's like, it's the first time I've never had the desire to drink in that long time. Wow. So to see that or to be invited into our friends in Missouri, they said, hey, come down for the weekend. We'd love for you guys to teach, preach with our camp and be there with our young adults and to see them be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to see mm. gifts and skill sets come alive in and through mm. like talents and treasures that people have, but also see and come alongside them like, no, like God has so much more for you than don't settle along the way. So I think that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we're seeing. This is what we're hearing. I mean, we don't even get to see everything that God's doing behind the scenes. When you go to the chiropractor and he says, hey, there's a, I have a client who's went to the weekend and met her best friend. And now they talk every day. Wow. Like I didn't even tell, he's like, what'd you do this weekend? I was like, oh, I was at the weekend with young adults. Like you're the one leading that? I have a client. So when people in the community around that are 10, 15, 20 miles away from even where we live, they're hearing of other people's God stories and it comes back to us in that small form. It's like, thank you, Lord. Like people are. And when people go to the weekend, we have two friends that met potential spouses. One's engaged and one's seriously dating. So I'm not yeah. saying that we're matching, but it's like no they, promises met, here. they met good. You got the community friendships yeah. or help partners. Maybe yeah. you're going to go to a college campus and you need a roommate. Who mm. knows? You never know who you, your next best friend could be. So mm. just some of those Small things maybe to us, but huge for the people it's yeah. ultimately impacting. So, you know, it strikes me that, you know, in a day and age in which a lot of bad news travels so much faster than good news, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. that even amongst the generation of young adults, there's a lot of bad news. That, like, even in the church world, like, like the highlights and bad things that are happening, love and the definitions of love and truth and all of that. But right in the middle of that, God's kingdom is being established in that next generation. For those that keep their eyes open, there's good things happening. And uh, when I think about all of those things, it requires leaders that feel the burden from God. Mm -hmm. They hear from God and they simply say yes. You guys have said yes, but you're talking to on a regular basis on this podcast the people who are also saying yes. And they don't hear or see the full impact of what they're doing. Um, and when I think of the burden that's on your heart, where did that burden come from, Josiah? Um, talk about that vision a little bit more. Where did that, what kind of keeps you moving? Yeah, I think 2012 was a crazy year in my life spiritually. And I, I had already given my life to Christ. I was a young adult and I already had sensed like a general call to ministry, but a series of events happened the first is I visited a friend at UNE Grand Forks, North Dakota, and he was doing a hip hop show. We're driving back to his dorm, mm. spent the night at his dorm. And it was there like my heart broke on the college campus because I saw one young gal giving another gal in the back ride dead of winter, negative temperatures. North Dakota's flat and you know, <laughs> and and she doesn't have any clothes on. And uh that just broke my heart for what's happening on a college campus. And I, I long for there to be a different narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think of people who are looking for hope. They're looking for the next anything or feeling and purpose. And so that happened. Mm-hmm. I was about to go into my senior year at North Central. 
one night uh, or afternoon, I just like opened my Bible to Ecclesiastes in my parents' living room. And you read about meaningless life or the meaning of life. And I was like, God, I want a life meaning. Do whatever you want me to do. But would you give me something to live for that's worth dying for? And uh, I saw like in that moment, a black and white vision. I haven't had one before. I don't think I've had one since. But it was just 10,000 adults on their knees, mm-hmm. lifting their hands in worship, surrendering their lives to Christ. And I haven't seen that yet fulfilled mm-hmm. um, in, like completely, but I've seen partial fulfillments along the way. And uh, But I remember then we had a mentoring relationship when I was in college and show up in like June of 2012. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're setting the, the agenda. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I didn't prep for this meeting. <laughs> But, but forgive me, I'll be prepared next time, but this is what God's done. And I just remember sharing that with you. You were one of the first people. You're like, I hope you've written it down. Yeah. And that's really what got me moving out of the business world into ministry. Uh, but then starting the young adult small group. And yeah. just, I think that that burden and that vision, yeah. my heart gets stirred for that. Like it keeps me up late at night dreaming about like how can we do something and it gets me out of bed like, man, this is so big a chase. So bad. You know, the uh, I love the, the question of the birthplace mm-hmm. where something comes from. Mm-hmm. I've often said that vision requires a burden yeah. for a vision to be birthed. Because wow. yeah. burden is the birthplace of vision. Yeah. And if you think about uh, anyone that's listening right now or watching, uh, everybody's bothered by certain things. You can be bothered by anything. You can be bothered by your parents. You can be bothered by government. You can be bothered by the economy. You can bother yourself. When you in the <laughs> but if you, in, instead of seeing that as a negative, and you begin to say, why am I bothered? God, why does this bother me? This isn't right. This is an injustice. This shouldn't be this way. Right in that space, if you give yourself an openness to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Then God will give you vision for how to see that turn. Wow. And so instead of it being something that bothers you, it becomes something that burdens you. And that vision compels you to run into something. Uh, and you discover those things at different stages. And like yeah. the recent, you talked about uh, uh, an event where you were speaking. Yeah. And the subject matter that you talked about was so compelling to the audience. The girls were coming up. Young women yeah. were coming up and they were talking to you. What was that about and what was the subject of yeah. what you talked about? Well, I think one thing that's not going away is young adults is number one, but with that comes relationships. And uh, many young adults, they desire to be married, desire to be loved, they desire to understand and be understood by somebody aside from Christ himself. So we're just basically breaking down the importance of relationships, like worth the wait. Why are things worth the wait and worth, mm-hmm. you know, surrendering to God? So we talked about singleness, dating, waiting, and engagement. And marriage, like what are those components and how do we break that down? And so I shared parts of my testimony. But when you're in a room with a hundred young adults and like 20 young girls stay afterwards for like an hour and a half, and which is anytime she talks about that, there is wow. And when half the room is half guys, half girls, and they're nodding along and there's hands all of the end, like it's not just the girls. Yeah. You can sit there for hours. And there was another time, probably what two, three years ago, pre-COVID, I think it was a year before COVID. And we had a breakout session. Over 500 young adults came to the breakout session to talk about relationships. And I stood there for three hours yep. talking after we had already talked for an hour. And for the very last girl to sit there and just be like, I just have to say thank you. I'm like, you sat here for three hours just to say thank you. Wow. Like to me, I'm like, I'll be here all weekend. Just track me down and say thank you. But all for right. whatever was like yeah. pressed upon her heart, mm-hmm. she's needed to sit there and wait. And I'm like, oh my word. Yeah. So I mean, when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about intimacy with God and intimacy with others. Like, what does that look like? And don't cheat leave yourself away and don't be led astray in that process. So um so there's a real hunger oh for how to do relationships for sure. You yes. feel like young adults are not equipped, like they just don't know, or what is it? They're tremendously self-aware. Like I've not met, I'm not that self-aware where I would be like, Hey, this is all my problems. <laughs> but, um, I think they're so fluent in information, like drowning, even, but then to sift out what is wisdom, what is truth, like kind of the life hacks, adulting, mm-hmm. heart life coaching, 
I mean, young adults are absolutely hungry for methods of life. What does it mean to be a 20 something who follows Christ in 2023? I think that that's just. And why would they listen to you, Micah? No, I, I mean, what is it? What is it? What's the what's the draw? I mean, honestly, what do you think it is? I, I feel like God has burdened my heart for this component. I think just out of my own life. I mean, being 25, getting out of a seven-year relationship that I had not prayed for, was not walking, choosing not to walk with the Lord, and just needed to surrender that. And I did not have a mentor in my life. I did not have a female in my life call me out and up in my garbage and say, like, Micah, you know X, Y, and Z. Like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And I didn't have anybody. So I feel like there was a very pivotal moment of my life where God's like, you can allow your story to become a testimony and further my kingdom and give me the honor and glory. Let me to heal. And you be the person that you wish you had for others. Same like friendship. I think so many people wish they had a friend Mm -hmm. until they realize like, wow, maybe I should start being the friend that I wish I had to others and maybe they'll reciprocate. So I think there was either that or I could have totally been tainted and jaded and not walked with the Lord and not walked through that healing mm-hmm. and chosen to allow the enemy to hold me by the throat. I'm just like, you don't wow. have a story. You don't have a testimony. You don't have the ability. So I felt like God just very, made it very clear of like, it's either this way or that way. It's either the sin equals your death or you're going to choose me and like, let me glorify myself through your story that you chose to walk in. Mm-hmm. So I think just a favor with people and saying like, you're not your alone, story right? unlocking something in them. Yes. Like you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. In yep. order for them to share their story, their need. I found this to be true amongst young yeah. generational communication, yes. intergenerational. Wow. So I'm an old guy now. And uh, especially when we're talking about teenagers or young adults, I'm now 59 year business years old, right? <laughs> and so, but I can tell you when I share something personal and vulnerable, it is a pathway, it's like an open door, a bridge yeah. Yeah. between me and someone else. And your story is powerful. I think I think that the more people are willing to share their story, whether you're a young adult leader or you're just a, a believer, yeah. you know, sharing your story is an open door. You don't have to be perfect. Right. Like, are you guys perfect in your relationships? And that's why they appreciate transparency. And so I think when a leader or person can get up and not like share all the nitty gritty, but focus like 20% on of who I once was, but 80% on like what God has done for me and he can right. do the same for you. Like I'm nothing special. We're all an equal plane here. I think yeah. claiming to be a Christian and a follower, even if you're listening, yeah. like there is healing and redemption yeah. in the process yes. of discovering what God has for you. Yeah. It's whether or not we're willing to look in the mirror, surrender and recognize like, oh, apart from him, we can yeah. do nothing. Yeah. He can use my story. Like look That's at anybody good. in the Bible. Look at where Jesus come from. You know, yes. a messy, messy, messy tree of family. We yeah. all come from an yeah. ugly background. It's a matter of what we're going to do with yeah. the cards that have been dealt to us for the story that God is writing and who's going to hold the pen or who's going to sit in the driver's seat. So I think Preach. when you can get up from stage and share your heart with young adults, like they're going to lean in and be like, oh, I'm not alone. Nobody yeah. talks about this, you know, and mm-hmm. when you bring yourself, you know, in on them or bring them in on the story, they're all yeah. yours. And if you can just pray for them and bless them, mm-hmm. all the guard just goes down and they're all so weeping, they're all crying, they're all like, Raising their hands. What if? What about? Oh, oh. It's like, oh, how much time do we yeah, have? Because right. I can sit here all day. Because <laughs> there's there is so much hope. Yeah. If we can get yeah. to that. Yeah. We got to get past the barriers of everybody's got to be perfect. Yeah. There so are no filter. perfect people allowed in the kingdom of God. That's right. So, you yep. know um, yep. what did Paul say? Uh, I'm the worst of sinners. Yeah. Um, how does he say? It? I mean, he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He's able to say that, but it's true. When we are able to recognize that that it's all even at the foot of the cross, yeah. it's the grace of Jesus that brings and lifts us up. And there's hope for anyone in mm-hmm. any circumstance, no matter yes. your family background, your mess ups, right. things that you screwed up in relationships. That's not over. Right. It's just time to turn the chapter yep. into a new chapter. That's, that's good. good. Now, as you look at um, young adults today, what's the next twelve months look like? What are the what do you guys see around the corner? Give us a peek. Oh my gosh. I think we hold it all loosely. And that's been, uh, you know, I'm a planner. I, I love having a plan. But at the same time, it's like we might have a good idea for the next few weeks or even six months. But beyond that, like, we hold it all loosely. We really don't know. I think some of the things that we're really passionate about is seeing young adults reach for Christ, looking churches to start, young adult ministries to strengthen an existing one. Um, I think just discipling 
on a one-on-one basis, meeting with new believers for, for her, for me, like that's very much in our wheelhouse, like taking a Monday, going to mug shops, our coffee shop, and just sitting with people, asking them questions, yeah. praying together. But I think beyond that, like, you know, this, this next year, our theme is really put the saints and whether you're an 18 year old, a 30 year old, leader of somebody 18 to 30 or just listening because you're passionate about the next generation like we want you to be equipped to do the work of the ministry um, doing ministry through people not to people and i think that specifically man like we're training up coaching communities for leaders who they really don't it, it's inspiring you had your i think it was your master's degree yeah um project was like on mentoring and reverse yeah. mentorship and even the community, you know, peer mentor. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that young adult ministry is such a new attempt for a lot of people that you could be at a great church and feel isolated. So that's something that's launching mm-hmm. this fall. I think that we're excited about even next month, um, July. This is going to air in June, but July, West Coast mm-hmm. Conference, wow. Southern California Mariners Church. Mm-hmm. So if you're nearby in that area, we'd love to just introduce you to a, a great community of young adult ministry. Spread the word. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. What I'm looking forward to. I think that's just, it's just connecting people even more locally that we kind of do on a local level as we want to see all the people feel like they have support. Like not like from the lead pastor or the ministry that they're working with, but to know that we're offering friendship, we're offering relationship, we're offering whether it's, you know, setting up the cohort type things, but really helping others pray and prep for their mm-hmm. futures because we realize even having 60 young adults come to the conference in March for leaders, most of them were not even in the role for two years. Wow. Yep. So two months to two years, they're right. kind of all in that infant stage of like, yeah. precise, this is a new attempt, but we want it to take root in the hearts yeah. of the church and the hearts of the people yeah. and not have this revolving door of like, oh, young adults was here for three years and now they're not coming back for another 30. Yeah. Not the people, but the ministry itself. Right, so right. how do we help people build something that's sustainable that aligns with the vision of the pastor wow. that they're serving under yeah. that can, you know, not that would be a great over, you know? podcast into itself. Like I got 50 <laughs> questions to ask you about that as a lead pastor, <laughs> because one of the things about uh, the, the stage of yeah. young adult ministry is it's kind of transitional. Exactly. So people come in, they're in it for a certain amount of time, and then yes. they move on. Yep. They don't stay in the young adults stage. Maybe they get married, they have kids, and they kind of move into another yep. part of the church and ministry life. But meanwhile, we need people who are called yep. to still be there and stay for, for each cohort that comes through, each yep. group that comes through. So you should put that in your podcast repertoire for a whole so episode. Yeah, for yeah. senior pastor, lead pastor, time yeah. season, and yeah. for this churches. Yeah. Just so you know. Yes, <laughs> it's coming at you strong. I, I love, love it. it. It's good. I mean, a quick comment on that. I mean, we met with a young individual fired up, and I, I think for us, just calling it the way it is, he is Gen Z. Nobody's going to reach Generation Z like yeah. somebody in the generation. But I just said, look, you need to unpack your bags and stay a while. Yeah. Because if you're wanting to reach a group of people who are transitional yeah. like you've got to be a bedrock of consistency you yeah. gotta make a commitment to as long as god will have you there yeah and um it is hard but i, I think even you talked about i remember meeting being young yeah. and finding other young leaders but it wasn't until i looked to people a little bit further than me. so we we found a good rhythm of okay leader is whoever but equipping 25 to 30 year olds yeah. to be the small group leaders for the 18 and 25 because then, right then and there, you have um, people who might have a mortgage. Yeah. They might have a little bit more of a career job, and they're they're a little bit less likely to move to Portland in six weeks. Yeah. So, so there's no. just a little bit more health and stability. Stability, yeah. Yeah, you know, parallel to that, I remember back in the day, way back in the day when I was a youth pastor, I had about 120 adult volunteers and about 70 of them college age. Wow. So what I loved about college age students is they were willing to give their time. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of community on the leadership team where they liked each other. Yep. So they party had fun together while they ministered to the next generation. But what I discovered, the danger zone or one of the weaknesses of it, was if students, high school and middle school students, were following these young adults, 
who are still wondering if they're going to get married, wondering where they're going to go with their life, living on a roller coaster of their own. Guess who they were leading? They're leading these young kids, and the kids are going up and down with them. And so I actually recruited stable, older, yeah. boring adults, yes. boring, but faithful people who yeah. knew who they were, weren't wondering what they were going to be down the road. And they, I kind of planted them right alongside those college students, yeah. and it stabilized the whole thing. Yeah. And good balance came into the force, so to speak. Yes. And I, I think that's wisdom. What it uh, you know, so one year is one shot. What do you think about 10 years? Things well, 10 years. We can have our dreams, but like just I said, we just want to hold everything loose when it comes to ministry because we're not guaranteed tomorrow as individuals, let alone the ministry. So just really recognizing and realizing that everything needs to be birthed in prayer and that things to be covered in prayer. And we began um essentially anything we start, we begin with the end in mind. Like our marriage. Where do we want to be at the end of our, our life or end of our marriage? What does retirement look like? What does occupations look like? What does house look like? What does children look like? I think when you're in ministry, even like young adults today, it's like, hey, how do we build something that's going to outlive and outlast us? And if it's not even just the name, but it's the people, it's the culture, it's learning how to live and leave a legacy Mm -hmm. that has a kingdom imprint and the handprint of God, not Mike and Josiah. We were just the servants that stewarded the vision, the dream that God was birthing inside of us. So Mm -hmm. I think with that, it's learning how to take people along and have off ramps and on ramps for people, whether it's future staff, whether it's future interns, whether it's future mission trips for our supporters that can go over to Israel, whatever those are, those are some dreams that we have Mm -hmm. um, kind of logistically behind the scene, like, God, this isn't ours, this is yours. So what does that mean? And what does that look like? But to have systems and structures in place that are going to lead some people to their goal and to their destiny that God's burdened their heart with while unleashing their potential in the process versus, you know, being so stuck in the mud that they're just trudging through ministry or trudging through life, whether it's young adult in the marketplace or it's somebody, you know, who's leading the ministry. It's like, wow, like the wild adventure that we get called on each and every single day is a knock on our door from the Lord. It's whether or not we're getting invited into the process. So those are just some of the things that come to my mind, but just I'm sure you have a couple I like holding it all loosely, but the, the practical side is right now, young adults are Gen Z. Yeah. 10 years from now, the cusp of the alpha generations work in college campuses. Yeah. So these people are already living, yeah. but they're going to need to grow in their, and own their own faith. Yeah. And so I think that that's really understanding that, knowing that, like you said, leaving a, a legacy that lives and outlasts us. One practical thing is I think so much of what we're doing, why it exists, is that song telling the next generation about the mighty acts of God. And then looking up and not, not seeing it or not seeing resources that I needed when I was a young adult pastor, that she needed leaving the young adult ministry. So, I mean, one practical thing we just launched and put the saints mm-hmm. um, doesn't have our name on it anywhere. It's a collaborative resource with 10 other contributors. But I just think, man, over the next 10 years, what if there was an updated library so you don't need to read something from 06? Right. Nothing against 06. 06. What, if, what, if it, what if it was like, hey, yeah. how can we help you yeah. to have the resources that yeah. you need to, to build relationships that can last a lifetime and to, to have round points that you know, can build for the future as well? That's really good. You know, Jesus spent three years to prepare his disciples for a lifetime. So he wasn't even around now. He left them in the hands of the Holy Spirit. It was pretty good, right? <laughs> but he was thinking about that legacy thinking when you're talking. Um, when you're, you talk about the, the three kids that you have, mm-hmm. one of them being a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think about what you're preparing your kids for in their right. future, you think that way with ministry, with like the next 10 years could outlive you. But those generations should Jesus tarry are going to keep being raised up. So we got to pray for God to raise up more leaders, right? right? right. And more and more and more who receive the baton yes. are ready to run with it yep. in every city, in every church, in every yes. place, because if they begin to, then they can hand the baton up. Yep. So you guys are inspiring people, but you aren't replacing their ministry. Right. You're yeah. just here to help inspire. Yeah. Well, and we were driving up here dreaming about mm. the 10 year and, and, and okay, 
And I just got this thought right now. I know about three states or districts that have an appointed leader for young adults. Yeah. They have somebody doing some events and yeah. resourcing churches. And I just thought, man, what if in 10 years, what if every state or every district had like the, the young adult weekend? What yeah. if there was a retreat in every yeah. state that isn't led by us, yeah. but it's just from asking the question, from ringing yeah. the bell, from equipping? Yeah. I, I think really that that would be like, man, some of the tangible becomes a part of the the continual culture of yeah. each area or ministry, and that's not just one denomination. That could be right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so good. You know, I just completed my tenth year at Emmanuel. So this question about what happens over the next ten, I'm on the other side of that. Meaning, I've been reflecting. I started ten years ago. Mark Batterson has a statement that he says, he says, we often overestimate what we can do one year, but we underestimate what God can do in 10. Right. And so powerful. the reality is if we lean into it, something yeah. powerful happens. In my case, I look back and go, wow, look what God is doing. Right. And to God be the glory. But I thought I could do it all in one year. And so I do play a part, but it's not all on my shoulders. And yeah. if I put in those things in the Lord's hands, and I get the how out of here, meaning he determines the how sometimes. Right. It isn't what we anticipated. It isn't how we anticipated it. But if we lean in and we say, God, you have a greater love for young adults than I do. Right. Yep. Your passion is so much greater than mine. So help me do my part. Yep. But let right. your kingdom come. Let That's your will right. be done on earth right. as it is in heaven. Uh, you know, when it comes to uh, young adults that might be listening, they might be thinking, you guys are talking about legacy and organization stuff. Right now, I'm in a place of despair. I don't even have hopes for myself. What would you say to someone like that? That They're hearing all about this, and maybe they know that intellectually they have big dreams for their life, but they're currently in a place where they just need some hope. What would you guys say? Sure. I mean, I just taught a little bit on one thing that everyone needs is relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think the things that matter most in life are the things that are going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And the things that have the potential last forever is our relationship with God and our relationship with community, mm -hmm. with other people. And so I would, I would be this bold to say, don't go to the ATM. That's good. And this is what I mean. There was a entrepreneur. He was an innovator. His name, make sure I get it right. Uh, John Shepard Barron in 1967, London, uh -huh. was impatient and he was waiting in a line like they all do. And he, he thought of, like, I could automate this. Uh -huh. Genius idea. Right. And yet, sociologists have had a heyday with it because it's one of like a hundred mindless things that have all been automated. And pretty soon, we're scanning out groceries that we yeah. don't even talk or have yeah. any human interaction. Yeah. Could you imagine a world where you go to church online? Yeah. Not against church online, way to reach people, but if you're home and you were like an online student, yeah, and then you get a job someday where you work remotely, the 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 thing that we're wired for, mm -hmm. like why does Harvard talk about the thing that's killing people is loneliness mm -hmm. and isolation? And so we see it in Genesis, mm -hmm. very towards the beginning of God's intent is that it's not good for us to be alone. Yeah. So I would just say don't go to the ATM. Like I have not been to the ATM. Yeah. Ever. I don't have an ATM yeah. card or code. And it's it's just a little bit of a discipline to say, I want to go out of my way to build new friendships. People are not projects, they're potential friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's that way in life, it's that way it's in good. leadership and relationships and ministry. But really if good. you want to leave a legacy, I would look at the relationships question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would even say just if you're listening, if you're discouraged, if you're leading a ministry, or maybe you're just trying to figure out life and you're a young adult listening, I would say the three things that I would encourage you to lean into are stop competing. Mm -hmm. Stop competing and comparing yourself to mm -hmm. others where you want to be. And those people that are somewhere that you want to be, don't be jealous or envious of them. Ask them. They could be a potential mentor to speak into who you want to become or what's something that you really love about them. You want to grow in your prayer life. You want to grow in your business strategy. You want to grow in your ability to evangelize and share your testimony. You want to grow in your finances. Find somebody that you admire, not worship, admire, and know that they're doing it well 
and ask if you can just come along for the ride and just ask for some form of mentorship. I think that in leadership, any form of leadership, which we're all leaders on some level, we begin to compete, compare, complain. Mm -hmm. And we start complaining about people. We're telling God that he didn't know what he was doing when he Mm -hmm. created us, or we're not filling the blank. When we're complaining and doing that, it's not doing anybody any good. We're competing. We're fighting over the microphone. Who has a louder voice? Yeah. That doesn't get anybody anywhere either. But we start championing, having a champion and championing each other on and saying like, Lord, help me to see my brothers and sisters in Christ. Like you see them and help sure. me to love them. Like I want to love them. Yeah. Right. And sure. things will break off of you in that process. Yeah. So I would just say when you start doing that, you begin to recognize and realize the power of two things. And I, always get this image that was actually prophesied over me. And I was in a season of this where you're in a kayak and you have a paddle and one paddle represents prayer and one represents doing. Mm -hmm. If you're only praying and you're frustrated, competing, comparing, complaining, whatever, and you're only praying or you're only focusing on that, what are you going to do in a kayak? You're going to spin in circles in Mm -hmm. one direction. Mm -hmm. If you're only doing and you're not listening to God, you're not praying, you're not seeking out wisdom, knowledge, counsel from anybody else around you, and you're doing, you're chasing the wind, you're chasing your tail, and you're not getting anywhere. But when you are in prayer and you begin to do what's exposed to you in prayer, or you do, and then God's speaking to you in your prayer life, you begin to propel forward in that kayak where you're not going on a crazy cycle to the left or the right. You begin to focus and narrow in on what God's called you to the rapid before you the day, the next day, the next project, the next fill in the blank, what you're working on. And when you start propelling of praying and doing and praying and doing, that's when the adventure sets in. Right. And that's when you recognize like, it's not the destination. The destination is being with Jesus, yes. But it's the journey along the way when those white water rapids come. Like, I've been on those rafts. I've been in Alaska mm. on fours and fives. Mm. And you're like, oh, my gosh, are we going to survive this? We don't know. Like, are the bears going to get us? Or is Ooh. the tour guide with the gun going to get us? Right. We don't know. But you know what? When you're wow. praying and doing, and God's going to protect you in that process, you know. But when you start focusing on serving others, your heart changes. And so I just good. heard something If you feel discouraged and you don't feel supported, start supporting and cheering somebody else on because something breaks inside of you. That's not that negative attitude like you're talking about earlier, but you're focusing on the positive. Like, what do I have to thank God for? I'm going to go through my blessing list versus my blurbing list of Mm -hmm. ugliness. So that's just something that I think of. I love that. So even what I hear out of it, because that that spirit inspired in that preach. Yeah. (laughs) What, what I, I hear is in this in the middle is if you feel discouraged or stuck, yeah. lean into relationships. Yep. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep showing up. Yep. Don't pull away from church. Mm-hmm. Don't go, I'm just going to be an online person only. Right. Um, there's elements for that that are good. But in, in large part, it's actually dangerous mm-hmm. because you can't be discipled from a pulpit. Right. You need to be in relationships okay. with other people. And you can't be mentored. Just by reading somebody's book, although you get good ideas, right. not distance mentors, but the mentors that really keep me going, I get the most from, we're across the table yeah. from them. We're working together. We're serving together. We're in a, that's mm-hmm. so good. Um, in fact, you can pause and pray if you need to. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just one of those. Right. <laughs> I receive that even now. Let me shift gears a little bit. Um, ask just a question about how you do this thing financially for your mm-hmm. family and in the ministry, how's the fundraising going? Because uh, you guys have kind of leapt off a cliff mm-hmm. and said, we believe that God is calling us to do this. How's it going? Yeah. It's going amazing. It would be one of the miracles is how there's been a parachute that we can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's been provided through God. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I get inspired by it. We have a little notebook or journal that it's just kind of those manna moments of daily bread, just enough. And um, like practically, how we are able to fund this ministry. We're funded as missionaries to the next generation. Okay. And uh, like on a monthly basis, our support is at 85%, wow. which is awesome. But I think the challenge is time, right? Yeah. We we have some meetings coming up and mm-hmm. we're working to, to get back to a place where it's fully funded. But we haven't wanted to neglect the ministry in the process or stop or come off the field, so to speak. But that's kind of a real-time update of where things are at. I'm really proud of how you guys approached this whole thing because kind of went in as one mission and organization. Now it's kind of broadened and grown. And 
And that required more faith to step mm -hmm. out. And that means individuals and churches yeah. have said, hey, we're in. Yeah. If somebody were wanting to jump in and they never have yet, but God is kind of prompting them to support young adults today, how would they do it? We'd love to meet. Like if you're watching or listening, we'd love to take time. You've probably heard some of the, the vision or the mission. Um, and, and if you wanted to jump to that next step of visiting young adults today, there's a donate button. The website just young yeah. adults today, and you can click on that. And um, our top need would be monthly support. Okay. And um, but but I think that some people like maybe they own a business or maybe they're just look at things more annually. Like there's project needs of what we're doing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when I when I listen to it, what you're saying, and most of the time when people listen to a Christian nonprofit broadcast, they're pleading for money all the time. Mm -hmm. You guys don't do that. Yeah. And so because I'm interviewing you, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, yeah, and I believe in I believe in what God is doing through the ministry, and I'm so excited about the future. Um, any other practical things that we can do if a listener wants to participate or help or the yeah. needs of, of um, young adults today? Yeah, that's great. Well, first of all, thank you so much. You believe in us and you've been in Josiah's for, um, what is it, 12 years almost already? Holy cow. Um, so we just appreciate anybody who wants to jump on. I mean, most people, if you're not in a place to give, you can definitely be a person of prayer mm -hmm. and you can get added to our monthly newsletter. Mm -hmm. So just direct message us and then give us your email address and we can give you the monthly updates. And that's just like what God's doing, where we're mm -hmm. going to be, what um, needs that we have. And then we always want to pray for you. So anybody on our prayer list or our giving, we always pray for them as well. So we have a running list of dozens of people and families that are walking through deep things, but it's like, nobody's asking them we're saying hey pray for us but i'm like no we want to say we want to pray for you as mm -hmm. well so the prayer thing is definitely one uh if god doesn't lay something on your heart maybe it's not a monthly gift but you're like hey we have some special events coming up such as like the weekend every year you know, the leadership conference if there's any form of you want to sponsor or send somebody our way whether it's physically saying like hey i'll sponsor my whole team from my church how do i do that or i'll sponsor you know, 10 students, what is the cost of the, the camp for them? So even just the practicalities of someone's heart really like leads for, you know, specifically a retreat type thing yeah. versus giving annually or whatever. That's always a monthly. That's always something to lean into. And people have fun sure. scholarshiping because you kind of have a name, a face. Was so-and-so's life radically transformed yeah. and changed? Because we yeah. do have a lot of grandparents that actually reach out and say, hey, can I sponsor my grandson or my granddaughter if they come? Can I take care of it for them? So there's a lot of fun ways to get involved. Josiah, you're thinking of something. The only yeah. other thing, I was trying to think outside the box. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite things right now, because it just happened, there's a gal who works for Tri Corporation, does great work there. Her graphic designs are in all of our homes. Mm. But she's like, hey, do you ever need a book cover? Do you need oh, graphics? Wow. So there might be somebody with a skill set, and you're like, hey, I have more time. And one, there's people who are like, hey, I'm in a place to write checks or to get awesome. There's a place for that. Yeah. Um, there's also like, we like to think creatively of, hey, how can we be creative to reach the next generation for Christ? Yeah. So that means anybody that's listening, it could be a lead pastor, it could be a young adult leader, it could be somebody that's just interested, they can reach out to you guys. Mm -hmm. Can provide resources that will help them too. Yeah. And in so doing, they become a part of Young Adults Today, right? Exactly. It's all of us together. Yes that are in this part of the process. I love that. All right. Now we go to the final five and five. five, and, five. and so how, now, how do you want me to do this? Do you want me to just ask you individually the same question? Or yeah, I say we'll it and then you answer. Yeah, we'll go around here. Right? We'll, we'll both answer each question, right? 30 yeah. seconds or less. Ooh, okay. <laughs> here we go. Uno. Here we go. Describe each other in three words. Beautiful. Hashtag adventure and passionate. Good. Okay, I would say Josiah is motivated, faithful, and I'd say adventurous as well. Awesome. Yep. Number two, what is one dream you have for your girls? Mm -hmm. To Aurora and Avalon. I dream of them loving the Lord, loving each other, knowing that like we believe in them. And in a sense, this is all for them. 
Mm. That makes sense. Like the, their faith, the faith of their generation or even future generations get fired up about that. Oh, I would say that one of my prayers is that they would live up to the dreams and expectations that God has for them, not that we have for them, and that they would truly um, experience the goodness of God and the spiritual gifts and skill sets to come alive at a very young age. So they can't deny him because they won't walk away <laughs> in the process. So good. Number three, what has God been teaching you in this season? For me, simply, it's it's um, like I've always been good at being productive and I've always been disciplined, but priorities, I just had a list and it's gotten done. Mm-hmm. And having young kids, being married, launching a new ministry, there hasn't always like I have a to-do list that's yet to be done mm-hmm. for the kind of the first time in my life. And uh, I think God's just helped me take one day at a time, one step at a time and not overlook people in the process mm-hmm. to not sacrifice or neglect relationships for the sake of tasks. That's what I'm learning real time. Man, I'd say I am learning like embrace the moments right in front of me mm-hmm. because I'm very futuristic and I was thinking like, where do I need to be next? Next, what do, I need, what do I need to do? What do the girls need? So always future thinking and not wishing teething away or potty training away mm-hmm. or the next event. And so let's get home, get on the plane and you know, get ready for the next. But to embrace the moments that God has given us and not wish them away out of my own excitement. I don't even know. <laughs> so for real, right there. It's next not, Sunday, next Sunday. Yeah, next right. Sunday. <laughs> not all at once. Right? Exactly. All right. This is the next one's a little more personal mm-hmm. as if I'm personally asking this on behalf of all the pastors everywhere. Mm-hmm. What is one thing you would like every lead pastor listening to this podcast to know about mm-hmm. Young adult ministry. I think it doesn't need to be a program. It can be personal relationships, mm-hmm. like a small group, a network of small groups. I think the pushback sometimes historically, maybe why young adult ministry hasn't happened, is the fear that it would be a siloed ministry or a church within a church. Or mm-hmm. I think it can really start with personal relationships. And uh, I think also that we don't want money to be a reason why we can't do something. Mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. and uh, I would just pray that God if God has a vision for you to reach the next generation that he would provide every team member for the dream mm-hmm. and he provide every resource and I just think that it's been amazing to see how when you have a dream or you have like be ready for that pass mm-hmm. if you're a pastor somebody says I'm the car right home how can I help mm-hmm. how can I what can I give to knowing that man Maybe a next generation discipleship strategy. It doesn't need to be a program. Mm-hmm. But I think just not being afraid of young adults either. Yeah. It's good. That's where I was going to start. Don't be afraid of young adults. I would say, in addition to that, don't be afraid to pass the baton. Mm-hmm. If somebody passed the baton and the mantle to you as a lead pastor in some way, shape, or form and lean into those people that are coming through because what we're seeing is, statistically speaking, in the next 10 years, 50% of lead pastors will be retiring, which leaves this gaping hole of who do we raise up and who's trying to hold on for dear life because they don't want to pass whatever God's doing. It all belongs to God. So I would just say, don't be afraid of the young adults. Create opportunities and room for them and say it from the pulpit that you see them, they matter, and it's they're there for a reason. And if you have a young adult ministry, keep cultivating that and see what God does. Not what we do as so people good. and leaders, but what God does, because every single person that God brings before us is an opportunity to shepherd a sheep. And if they're not getting fed um, in a season that they need, which is detrimental to their spiritual well-being, those 12 years, because they have a 96% chance of saying yes to Jesus before their 30th birthday, yeah. which means 4% after the 30th birthday, their mind has been so solidified and cemented of their world culture, faith views and everything else. Take those 12 years and just see what God does. I mean, even if it's you as a pastor taking a risk, when's the last time you took a risk yeah. on a young adult? Yeah, that's so good. I don't know. <laughs> so good. We started stepping into the whole succession talk. Of course, that's what I did my dissertation on. So oh, can we read that? Passing the baton. Um, and one of the things I would just add into that is, is that hand uh, succession is not handing off an inanimate object. It's not a pastor just handing a job to another person. Yeah. It is thousands of relationships. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's 100%. it's taking care of people and sharing relationships. Yeah. And new pastors can do that. Yeah. Uh, five and five, Ooh. number five. Here we go. All right, here we go. How can we, the audience, join you in prayer in the coming season? I'd say pray for my and I, our marriage, our daughters. Their names are Aurora and Alwan. And pray for the fate of the next generation. Let's stand in the gap. Good. Yeah, I would say, gosh, for us specifically, oh my goodness, I'd say obviously us, the next generation, but I'd even say like, I would challenge you, how are you praying for yourself and how do you see young adults? Like ask that God would teach you how to love and see people in a way that burdens your heart for what you might be called to, even if it's not young adults. But when you do that, he will lay something on your heart that agitates your spirit or keeps you up or wakes you up at night. So in addition to what Josiah said. That's but. good. It's really good. Well, we wanted to close with one question to flip the script. Ooh, you. Thank okay. You, thank you for guest hosting. Oh, yes. this has been fun. Thanks for believing in us, for believing in the next generation. The pastor may be loved to ask every guest. We may have asked you before, mm-hmm. but the spirit might just take different or might just be a different mm-hmm. answer, different day. But why do you believe that the faith of the next generation discipling young adults is so vital? Well, I can tell you one reason is that Jesus cares about it. And uh, he chose to invest in young adults in his discipleship team. And uh, I mean, even recent movies highlight moves of God amongst young generations, Jesus revolution, that kind of thing. It just shows the power of what could happen if we do invest in that next generation. And then whatever you do there goes with them for the rest of their life. Right? So if we can see God move there, then in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, it carries with them and their kids yeah. and their grandkids inherit it. Then cities, communities, and families have an opportunity to inherit the kingdom of God in their life. And so that's why I think it's so vital. And I think I think that uh, we just have to keep keep our uh, our hands to the plow, as the scripture said, means lean in and remember that our time to do that is never over. That's good. So good. Well, thanks for joining us today and for guest hosting. We don't just hand anybody the reins, but for you, this is like, this is incredible. A dream come true to record this with you. Oh, thanks. Thanks for your leadership, Emmanuel, and just being for, for being a shepherd heart and leader. Well, it's so great. And uh, a dream come true for me too. And very natural. So we can hang out. We probably talk just like this when you guys come and meet with it's me true. in this place anyway. Yeah. The only thing we didn't do is go to the board while we were <laughs> sure talking. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Until next time, this is the Young Adult Sunday Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe. We'd love to share this with somebody. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now. Yeah.